from the Jesuits of Canada and the United States. This is AMDG. I'm Mike Jordan-Lasky. I'm here today with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Eric Clayton. Eric, how you doing? Mike, I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me on today. This is a real, real honor. So usually we're, we're doing these, but not at the same time. We have to, uh, we've had like a two year streak of one and one a week. And the only way we can do that is to spread the love around. But today we are both here for our welcome to 2022 episode. How was your uh, Christmas and New Year's? Uh, it was great. Thank you for asking. We, uh, we had a great time, you know, dialed back because of the, uh, Omicron, but, uh, otherwise very enjoyable. That's good. We went to California despite the Omicron and luckily are not sick yet knock on wood as of recording uh on the tuesday after new year's so the reason i wanted to ask you on today as you are the official or unofficial i guess czar of ignatian spirituality for the amdg podcast you do a lot of spirituality topics and talk to some of the giants in ignatian spirituality is to think about how Ignatian spirituality can guide us in 2022. Essentially, we would just want to replace your New Year's resolution. If you have a New Year's resolution, throw it in the trash can. We're giving you new ones. Uh, but they're not actually specific resolutions. They're just, I asked Eric to come up with three different elements of Ignatian spirituality that might guide us toward living more holistic, meaningful, Christ-centered lives in 2022. Is that, is that a fair enough uh, introduction, Eric? Yeah, I was, that was great. High stakes. High stakes. Yeah, exactly. This is the one for the year, so don't blow it. Um, <laughs> I won't be invited back, right, if I really if I blow it. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, you have three things that you pulled from the vast treasury of Ignatian spirituality. Is that right? You didn't tell me what they are ahead of time. That's true. These are all surprises to you now as we reveal okay. each Ignatian spiritual principle. All right. So what I'll have you do then is you just, like— Intro your first. We'll go one at a time. Intro your first one, and then we'll talk about it. Um, I, you know, this is exciting here to see. If it's something I've never heard of, we're just gonna have to like skip it. We'll we'll edit it out. Yeah, yeah. Edit it out. Okay. All right. That's fair. All right. So, Um, so the first one, um, I'll just lead with it. It's a a Jerry Contra, and you know, I, I've been as as a long time, uh, you know, student of of Jesuit schools. um, I had not uh, come up. come up against this this particular principle of Ignatian spirituality until I started working at the conference. And I thought, you know, I knew my maguses and my contemplations and actions and all those other uh, Jesuit principles. I thought I knew them all. But um, but this this was something I hadn't had known. And, and it comes from um, one of the annotations uh, within the, the exercises. Um, and it's kind of very brief in, in some ways. It's, it's Ignatius almost mentions it um, in passing, it feels. Uh, it literally means to act against. And, and Can you say it again? I missed the Latin. So the Latin, well, this, and this is, you probably missed it because of my uh, perfect Latin pronunciation. Your, Latin, yeah. your Philly Latin accent. My Philly Latin accent. <laughs> um, agere contra, right? So it means- Agere contra. It means to act against. And in the exercises, Ignatius is is saying uh, to us as, as you know, the retreatants, um, Hey, you know, uh, if you're having a hard time praying, if you're if you're coming to prayer and you're finding that you're falling asleep a lot or you're getting distracted, you know that that might be uh, the work of the enemy trying to uh, slowly distract you or dissuade you from coming to prayer or to to kind of burn you out of prayer, right? So maybe you're you've you've made a commitment of an hour a day uh, and you're only hitting you know 40 minutes, or maybe maybe you've made a commitment of 15 minutes a day and you're only hitting five. Ignatius says, hey. Go above and beyond. Act against 
the enemy by, by, by doing an hour and 10 minutes or 25 minutes or something that's going to really um, go over the top so that you're really building up that spiritual muscle. Uh, so, so that, so that you, again, you're, you're stronger. I mean, think about any sort of exercises. You know, the spiritual exercises are called that for a reason. You're trying to build up a muscle, um, make yourself stronger, more resilient, more able to, um, um, you know, face face what the spiritual life demands. So I, I like this a lot because it, it demands, the idea of, of acting against something within ourselves demands that we have, uh, you know, a deep understanding of ourselves, of, of those places where we are a little weaker, you know, where the muscle isn't as strong, places where we want to work harder, act against temptation to, to, to you know, maybe uh, you know, take the easy way out or, or to say, ah, that's good enough. No, in fact, uh, we want to we act against that and, and push through. And so, again, what's a better thing for the new year than pinpointing those places of weakness and, and saying, how can I go just a little bit beyond so that I can, I can get stronger? Think again about that muscle being built up. I'm afraid my here, this is my initial reaction. Whoa, uh, I am someone who is not that disciplined. I'm going to burn myself out if I do this. Like my always my temptation, like maybe this is just like 21st century America feel goodery, but it's like, don't be too hard on yourself. If you're trying to do 20 minutes of prayer and you're doing five minutes of prayer, that's probably just what you need to be doing right now. And just be gentle with yourself and like, don't give yourself too hard of a time, which is certainly like. There's some of that and sometimes in which being gentle with yourself and not giving yourself too hard of a time and not necessarily saying, oh, I need to like be praying more than my commitment. Um, there are times in which that's fine. Um, so what would what would you say if I came to you saying, oh, man, I tried that, but now I'm feeling like I'm beating myself up? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point and a real temptation. You know, it's Ignatian spirituality. Ignatius is so mindful of the individual circumstances in which each person lives and exists in when he or she is coming to the exercises. Um, and, and, and I don't want, you know, I don't want listeners to think, wow, Eric, man, he's got that hour and 10 minutes a day. He's just in, in absolute monastic silence. Um, that's not true at all. Um, because I, I, exactly what you just described is, is how I also live my life. I, I think part of it is we don't take any of these principles by themselves. We take it together. And so you need to pair Jerry Contra with your own, with your relationship with God. What is God asking you to do? How is God asking you to to better love uh, and serve you know God and neighbor? Uh, and and in, in in that discernment, in that conversation with with God, you, you might under you come to understand or come to recognize moments where again you're, you're not quite measuring up to where God is asking you to be and where you know you can be. And that's where you've got to push a little harder. Again, I'm not saying you know. I, I haven't been for, I haven't been out for a jog in a year, so I'm going to run a half marathon tomorrow. That's not the kind of spiritual spirituality Ignatius is, is is asking of us. And Ignatius is also not not imposing a one size fits all. You know, the exercises for uh, uh, you know married folks with kids look look different than exercises for folks that um, you know aren't married, or uh, exercises for folks that are you know in, in in some sort of religious life are going to look different from uh from the exercises for folks that are are you know not not in religious life so again i think you have to be gentle with yourself you have to know you know know yourself and know where you are but it's in that precise knowing of self where you know where god is is asking you to, to push harder and again it's all grace god it's all gift god gives you that ability to, to push more where, where you need to i'm wondering if this example from my new year's is uh 
maybe unknowingly me trying to do this with my wife. So we, we essentially, we were kind of realized, I think a lot of people do this, the dry January, right? People drink a lot from Thanksgiving through for us. It's been like drinking a lot, not like a lot, but like every day kind of, it's like the thing that we look forward to after a stressful day with three children and jobs and life. Um, yeah. but realized that like, so it never felt like a choice, I guess it was just up. Oh, we're like going to have an, a drink tonight at this time. And again, not to excess, but just like every day and just like kind of decided like, we're not even thinking about that. Like it's just this kind of habit that is probably not the best habit. And so let's just like put push pause on that for a bit. So we're going to try what is today. We're, we're talking on January 4th. We are. <laughs> so we're four days in uh, and so far so good. And realizing too, that like, I'm not even really uh, missing it, but like this thing that had kind of been substituting for some sort of, I don't know, more appropriate uh, relaxation, um, trying to just push pause on that for a bit. So I, I don't know. Is that an example, do you think, of a, yeah, I mean, a jury contra? I Again, you know, my vast experience of, of Latin tells me that, you know, I, 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 um, I, I think so. I, I would say yes for your for your life. I, um, I, I'm doing the exact same thing, honestly. And I think what you said, uh, the intentional part, again, it comes from knowing yourself, knowing your experiences, knowing um, that you don't want to just be on autopilot because when you're on autopilot, that's that's where you, you again you lose you lose grasp of, of what's going on around you, um, and and I think thinking of those small ways again we're we're not talking about like pushing a, a rock up a mountain you know we're talking about little um, course corrections that are going to um, strengthen strengthen the spiritual muscles uh, strengthen your discipline um, you know I don't think anyone ever says boy I wish I was less disciplined. You know, and, and so what's what's the way that you can you can be better at that? And, and I think, again, New Year is a great time to do it. Oh, great. That's good. Number two, what you got for us? Number two. OK, so this this isn't a principle so much as a um, kind of general theme in, in the exercises and in Ignatius's, uh, you know, approach to spirituality. And it's this idea that God acts first. I think I think so often, uh, you know, we get stuck, you know, maybe we're feeling, you know, ashamed of something we've done or uh oh we haven't come to prayer in a long time or oh man i just keep making the same mistake again and again um and when i get to god when i get i'm gonna get around to bringing this to god or i'm gonna get to confession or i'm gonna tell so and so i'm guilty of whatever it is and i think that mentality it says that you know we think that god isn't here it thinks we think that god is is waiting for us to go and, and make the confession or 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 uh, invite God in, but God's already here, right? Ignatian spirituality. Here's the catchphrase: God in all things. God's already present. Um, you know, everything is an opportunity to encounter God if we allow it to be, if, if we see it. Um, and, and there's that line again in, in the uh, I think in the annotations of the exercises that the whole purpose of, of a director uh, is to get out of the way of of God and and God's God's creation, us. So I think I think. Again, as as we go through the new year, let let's let's get rid of this idea that um, you know God doesn't know, or we're we're bringing something to God that God isn't already aware of. God already knows, and God still delights in us. God still loves us. God's still so so excited, you know, that to to, to be in collaboration with us, to invite us in. Um, so so again, that's that's the phrase. God acts first. God has acted first, and that should really, if we, if we pray with that, can really change our paradigm, change how we view ourselves in relationship to God and others. Because if God's already acted, right, before our sins, before our, whatever we think was, you know, an insurmountable trespass, God's already there loving us. Well, 
it, it, we, it, it's not all, it's not up to us. It's, it's up to us to, to receive God's grace and God's love. Um, we're, we're the ones, you know, being given that gift, uh, and not so much, you know, the ones that have to go out and, you know, bang down the door, uh, and hope that God lets us in. It reminds me of, um, Pope Francis's, I think it's midnight mass homily from Christmas. We should link to that in the show notes, but he talks of just about like God coming in, like the littleness you know the, the the littleness, the small the small size of the baby, obviously. But then, how in each of our lives, in those small places, those quiet places, those dark places where we don't necessarily want the Lord, the one, not the ones that we put out on social media, not the ones we're proud of, but those like other places in our life that are kind of smaller or uh, in the corner, God is there, acting in those places too, and is present there. Um, which I, you know, is, is challenging because that's the place again, I don't, I'd like rather hide that. Um, but there's, there's no hiding that. And, uh, the Lord is there, as you said, like loving and caring and wanting to be with us, not despite of those places, but right in the midst of them. I mean, I think that's the whole, that's the thing. I, I think I was reflecting on this a lot, this, this Advent in particular, you know, that we, we're getting ready for the birth of Christ, right? And I love that idea of, of um, you know, Christ comes into our story anew, right? That's, you know, Christmas is is both a historical event, you know, birth of Jesus, but also for us ever new, a new opportunity for Christ to enter into our personal stories. But sometimes I think we get so wrapped up in in how, oh, we got to get ready for God. We got to get ready for Christ. Here he comes. He's coming. You know, are we ready? Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not ready yet. You know, hold the hold the phones. God's already here. Right there, there's an already and not yet of 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 the Christmas story, and, and I think we get um, we get sometimes too caught up in the not yet nature of it. Um, you know, I haven't yet been to confession. I haven't yet uh, atoned for this. I haven't yet done the great act of service I want to do. I have all these things we haven't yet done, um, and yet God God is already here. And and if we if we're if we're mindful of what Ignatius says everything we're doing is it's a it's it's not so much what we're doing for god it's a disposition of gratitude where we are we are ready and willing to just to just manifest god's love as in our in ourselves and who we are now there doesn't need to be a not yet there's 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 plenty of not yet in our faith right the second coming and uh you know our own death and you know other you know more happy things than (laughs) than that but there's already an there's there's an already component of it too that i think um, is scarier in some ways, as you say, because we haven't built, there is no wall we can build and, and, and remove the pieces and let God in when we want to, because God's already here desiring us, desiring to love us, desiring that we respond in turn. And I, I love this kind of approach uh, to spirituality because it, for me, like also shapes the way we might evangelize or, uh, you know, you hear a lot of talk about like, oh, we got to bring others to God, like God's over there. We have others here and let's bring others. Like, or I hear from people who's, you know, their kids have stopped going to church or fallen away. Like, oh no, like we need to bring them from over there back over into here where God is, which I think there's some of that, that, that is true and, and works. But I think the genius of Ignatian spirituality is that like, Hey, no, it's just for us, it's discerning how God's already at work. God's already working there and you can see evidence of that and to like encourage or invite people to do that reflection themselves, like notice just to notice like where God is working, even in places or things that might seem unexpected. But I, for me, that was like when I came to the Jesuits, that was like a big kind of perspective shift as opposed to like, Oh, we got to like win all these people over 
um, or something like the approach to uh, sharing the gospel is like, oh, like here's this good news. And like we believe that you can see evidence of that good news, like lived out right now, right where you are, if you're paying attention. Like it's, it's there all the time, um, which I again, I find refreshing. Yeah, not not to um, take anything away from like the you know, the early missionaries, certainly you know the Jesuit missionaries and, and all their stories. But sometimes I I think of like, you know, what if like they're all on the boat, right? They're Francis Xavier, whoever is on the boat, and they're getting over there, and they kind of get out in like this uncharted. You know, they've oh my gosh, this is you know just land that's totally different from anything we've ever experienced. And and God like pops out, like hey, surprise, like welcome, glad you guys made it, glad you're here already. Like come see what I'm, but I've already been up to. Like I'm already. I'm already got stuff going. Like, let's, 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 uh, let, you know, come meet my friends, come meet all these, these people that I've, you know, we're already working together. And it's, and it, again, it's, it changes the paradigm because it's less of, of me, the missionary or me, the, you know, Eric, who the person having to go and do something in order to let God in and more about God saying, Hey, come, come see what I'm doing. Come see what I'm about. Come, come meet all these people that are already in, in, in my, in my family, in the crew, in the club. Um, and, 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 and join in, you know, delight in us as we, as we want to delight in, in what you're up to as well. Yeah. And I think like the best stories of uh, Jesuit missionaries, someone like Matteo Ricci, you know, who would go and, and encounter people and sometimes would, you know, they would give him clothing, uh, their traditional dress and, and he would, he would wear it. He would do this great enculturation where you would again, find the, the work of God that was already happening there and, um, and just show how that was you know, consonant with the good news. Uh, and so I think that approach, that humility is great. And Greg Boyle talks a lot about that, this sense like, oh, are you going in? Are you like converting or changing the lives of the, the gang members? He's like, maybe, but like mostly they're converting me. They're, uh, they're changing me. Um, and it's with that humility um, that, that he approaches it, which I think is uh, super helpful to, to all of us. Um, all right, let's get to the, the third, third one on your list here and see what you got. All right, so I mean, this this is the one you're gonna roll your eyes and it, it, like loosely discernment, but I think what, what I want to what I want to focus on for this again, it, and it follows naturally from the first two things we've talked about, right? Kind of identifying those little places where I can push a little harder, identifying, recognizing that even in the midst of pushing harder, uh, even in the midst of of um, uh, of our own hardships, God's already there at work. Discernment, right? We're tempted to think of discernment, I think, as a linear path. We're, we're like, I choose A to B, uh, and now what's C going to be? All right, I chose, I, I selected the right C, and now what's D? I got the right one, and, and we're kind of like building a, a map to the end line. And I don't think that's quite right, because I think that as we look back, as we as we look at our own lives, it, it puts so much pressure, A, on, on um, did I choose correctly? And I look at my life, and I, eh, there's some parts where I probably chose incorrectly, but I think that um, God, God is still, you know, you don't, you don't choose to a point where you can't choose what God wants to do. Again, you, you can't choose, you can't like opt out of God. God is still, you're, you're choose your own venture. There's never like a page where it's like, oh, you got it wrong. God, God, there's still more God wants you to do, even if you perhaps discerned not the best choice. And, and I, you know, I think the, the example, I'll give an example from my own life. Um, you know, I, I, I went to, I went to, uh, B Bolivia after my, my, um, my undergraduate year and, you know, it was that the right choice, you know, was that the right program? Was that the right country? You know, maybe not. And yet it was a very uh, rich experience that, that, that formed me in, in a lot of important ways and made me who I am today. And yet I, I'm still not certain that was a hundred percent the right choice. And yet when I got there, having perhaps made the wrong choice, there were still plenty of other options for God. To, to choose God. And so I think the, the lesson here as we begin a new year is, isn't that, there, you know, 
if you've made some some poor choices or the wrong choices or or perhaps you, you there's one that's haunting you it doesn't mean god isn't giving you a whole menu of new options new choices and new ways to continue to to love and serve god and neighbor to continue onward um the only choice that can you know that can stop that is if we if we choose not to love if we choose not to not to act if we choose not to you know proceed with with that kind of courage yeah the, i of course my like, immediate thought too is like when do you and i guess this is where like skilled discernment comes in and practice but like there are times i could see someone else in a situation like that or something similar where it's like no i i have to get out right i have to like i have to step back from this decision and make another one that is directly opposing it i have to a jera contra this decision that i right, made yeah. um and do something else or in your case no like I'll, i'm going to be here and I'm, I'm it'll just be other it'll be smaller decisions and choices i can make within this context but i'm not going to like completely leave you know there's like they grow where you're planted you know okay good and then other times it's like nope you got to get up out of there and figuring out like when when we do which is i think a part of the real challenge of what it means to discern that's the challenge absolutely but this is my fear right my fear is that a person can get in their head and say i've chosen incorrectly god is not here in this space it's on me now to figure it out i need to figure my way out of this mess and then god will give me more options and that's wrong that's just wrong because God is always present in those in those moments, right? I think, and, and people might say, "Oh, Eric, of course, God's everywhere. God's in all things." Da, 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 da. I, 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 I would, I would challenge, I would challenge people to really reflect on that. Is, is that, do you embody that as, as you go through your day in your decisions, in, the, in those decisions, the, you know, those, the, the second tier decisions that you've, you know, after, after you've made one that you're uncertain of, do, do you really think God is still there, or are, are you so? down on yourself or so caught in some web of of uncertainty or shame or confusion that that really you have inadvertently cut got out of the out of the decision making process and i think that's that's something i would encourage people to really think about in the new year again is because god delights in us right god want god is already there all the things we've been saying god is god is here ready to make those decisions with you ready to to love you and be be there and, and call you forth into the world to do whatever unique thing you've been invited to do um, remember that. Right. So like if you're driving, I think the way I'm picturing it now is like you're driving along your life's highway and you take like a wrong exit, you take an exit and then you regret the exit and then you're off wherever you are in the boonies somewhere. And you're like, Oh, I have to get back on to the highway. And when I get back on the highway, once I figure that out, then like, I'll figure out the re- the right exit to go and, and you know God will show me that exit but I have to get back there first. Um I have to figure that out yeah, it, as opposed to like I'm in the mess here God come to me like here in this this tiny little place that I don't know where I am and and guide me back to where I'm supposed to be. It's like if God was your GPS and you got off of the wrong exit <laughs> and your GPS just shut off and your GPS was like good luck get back on I hope you figure it out and then once you get back on on the highway it comes back on. Right, I think that's that's how we're tempted to think about God. We make your own decision. God shuts off until we course correct, and that's not, of course, that's wrong. You know, the GPS speaks louder and more forcefully uh, in those in those moments of uh, of, of wrong exit taking if we uh, if we listen to it, if we keep it charged. I don't I don't know who has an nice. uncharged GPS in this. Right. But anyway. <laughs> 
we got we got a lot of driving metaphors going here. We're recording, of course, in the right, right after in our area of the world, uh, Route I ninety five. People are not driving; they are stuck uh, for hours and hours and hours on the icy highways. Um, that uh, yeah. beautiful sixty seven degree day turned to a uh, ice storm and five inches know, of pretty, snow. Which for me, I just love the the snow day with our kids, and I, I guess this I don't know. This is a uh, I'm transitioning us into an unplanned part of the program in which I just to do like for me, like as the calendar turns, like we at the Jesuits, we always put out like, a oh, do a year examine, look back over your year and like note moments. And, and I, I didn't prepare us for that. Um, but I am curious if there are any kind of moments of gratitude. This one was even from this year, this week um, in the snow. And again, like having kids for me is like kind of reframed how I view a lot of different things um, and like find goodness in things I usually would complain about often, like going to the zoo. I would never want to do that. <laughs> but now like, or like watching animated movies or something, but the kids, you can just watch their joy and uh, loving something. And then that just helps you love it too. And so I found the blessings in that part of parenthood. But for me, it was, I think it was going over to like the sledding hill yesterday in the snow with uh, all three of the kids and my wife's from Southern California. So she's like, look, I don't know how to sled. You have to like do the sledding. It's like, okay, I'll do the, the sledding. I'll show them how to go down a hill. Um, so like we had found like these neighbors who we know are there and we had like four girls on one of these big toboggans and a couple of the parents, like we gave them a push and they just, they go sailing down, you know, and you watch them go over like it's two kind of bumps of a hill and then they get to the bottom and they have to like figure out. And these kids are five, six years old, have to figure out how to like dismount, <laughs> pull the sled back up themselves. And just kind of like taking that in and seeing their joy in something so small that I had remembered doing as a kid, but haven't done uh, in years. And really for the first time kind of watching them experience that joy. Um, it was great to just like kind of pause uh, in, in that moment. And again, like I, the, I do not like snow generally. And like my first reaction to snow so often is like, Oh, what a, like an inconvenience. This is going to be annoying. I have to shovel. Um, but kind of being able to like kind of reframe my experience to just like take in their, their joy and wonder has kind of helped like me recognize the spirit acting in that, in that moment. So I was grateful for that yesterday and I felt like it was a nice way to kind of start the year though. Of course, like also remembering people who don't have shelter or people who are stuck on you know the highway and, um, who don't experience it the same way I was able to, but I did find like that was a, a big blessing early in the year to just watch them in action. Nice. Like a good, what a you good got? sledding hill. Uh, man. So, so, is this gratitude for this year or gratitude from last year? Because now you've got Well, I, yeah, it was supposed to be kind of like last year, but since that just happened this week, I have extended from January 1st, 2021 until today. So you have a full window, 370 or so days. Wow. Um, to choose from. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, you caught me on the flat feet here, but I think what, what I would, what I would say first, and it's, um, it's less endearing probably of a, of a story than yours, but something I'm, I'm grateful for, I think, cause it's just very, uh, you know, being home, uh, up in, uh, suburbs of Philly, uh, for Christmas and being able to spend some time with my grandfather. Um, I think I'm grateful that my daughters have a relationship with him. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think I, you know, I remember one grand great grandparent and, um, uh, and so I think, I think for me, part of it, 
uh, I, I don't know. I, I, this is a very different kind of a story than than uh, yours. But like you know, like I, seeing my grandfather, who I have so much respect for, um, who's ninety two, uh, doing you know, interacting with these two very small, high energetic girls, you know, one and a half and four years old, um, and remembering how like he and I would you know play and he would you know wrestle and, and like the fear that I had towards him, like oh my gosh, this this guy is like serious. Like I'm not reading the paper enough. Um, and now he you know he he's he's he's, he's much less mobile. Um, um, but but is and he's he's had a lot of loss, a lot of loss, you know, recently, uh, and yet the the joy in his eyes when my when my daughters come and 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 the ability to see it it, it transitioned from, uh, you know, just um, you know a little baby who my 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 first daughter who doesn't you know is just kind of in the room with him to now a, a real knowing of who um, uh, who he is and 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 what it means to go to his house and uh, his apartment. Um, you know, I, I, I just like kind of reflect at like you know the when you're when you're some, when you're 92 years old and the amount of identities you've seen the people in your life take on. You know, your daughter becomes a mother, becomes a grandmother, your grandson becomes a father and a husband. You know, and and just uh, you know, I I I, uh, I don't know. I um so I'm, I'm I'm very grateful for that. Very grateful for that opportunity. Um, uh, to just kind of be. To, to be there to be there as as that unfolds and 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 being grateful for time because you know you, n- you never know uh how much more of it you got so that's a uh, uh, a little more of a downer of your than yours but <laughs> i don't i don't think that's a downer i think that's beautiful um and that that chance uh, that chance of togetherness things that you know hopefully we take for granted less after not really having so many of those chances so many times and uh, that just kind of showing up and, and being present there uh, is really kind of all all we often need, you know? Yeah. We don't need f- like fancy things. It's just like literally just want. And I saw that, you know, with my own kids and their grandparents or great-grandparents, like just like just being there together and like spending time having fun together without like anything fancy. Like <laughs> that's like all that's uh, all you need. So, um so yeah, thanks so much for for sharing that for uh, your your three things, which I think if we can uh, integrate those practices and uh, perspectives in, into our life, no matter what our like uh, measurable uh, resolutions are or are not, uh, hopefully will will help us um, grow in relationship with with God and others this year. And uh, yeah, I, that that I think should should get us kicked off in a nice way for twenty twenty two. Yeah. So thanks so much, Eric. Yeah, anytime. And I'll I'll give a plug. Um, this month too, we'll be releasing an audio retreat, uh, that our friend Ryan Carroll has, uh, has put together. And again, a really great opportunity to, uh, take 15 minutes, 10 minutes a day, uh, and reflect on, on some of these things we've been talking about, Ignatian spirituality, um, you know, how is God beholding us, uh, as, as the year turns. Awesome. All right. Well, Hey, we, we made it through, uh, a two person, Two host podcast and didn't step on each other's toes too many times. I know, perfect. The the dream, we we we've been we've turned to the top of the mountain now, so I don't know where else we go. I know we should probably end it now before something bad happens. Probably. AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States, and recorded at our headquarters in Washington D.C. The show is edited by Marcus Bleach, and our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Mike Jordan-Lasky, Megan Leapsch, Becky Sindelar, and me, Eric Clayton. Connect with the Jesuits online at Jesuits.org, on Twitter at, at @JesuitNews, on Instagram at WeAreTheJesuits, 
and at Facebook, facebook.com slash Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting jesuits.org slash weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation to the Jesuits, connect with a Jesuit vocation promoter at beajesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.